At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good morning from the low. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson. Now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast as... Joining me in segment number two, we're going to have Nick Lawrence in aboard. He does amazing work over at Mid-Major Madness. We're going to get a little bit of a lay of the land as to some of the mid-majors that have been able to ascend thus far this season. He's actually a part of the Queens NC staff over there, so I'm going to ask him about what he's made out of home court thus far this season because with his Queens NC team, they are currently undefeated at home. They've lost every game on the road, so I feel like he can properly speak to how much home court does mean, give a little bit of perspective there because we have been noticing a lot of these home underdogs cashing recently, so I think that that is going to be nice to be able to air out, so we're going to be doing that in segment number two. In the final segment, going to get you guys picks and analysis. Every game on the betting board for this college basketball Friday as we had some big shots. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, or what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is by Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letter ZM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. Really didn't get a lot of Twitter slash X questions today. And we had a very, very small slate of college basketball on Thursday. But we've got a few games from Wednesday that happened late that we're going to clean up. So we're going to do that and take a look back at what we got in a very, very small Thursday slate. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. When I was on the podcast last night, it was looking like Nebraska was going to cruise to a nice win. When I was recording this, they were up 15 points at the half. Myself being a Nebraska better was feeling very happy about that. And then Nebraska flushed this game down the toilet, 76 to 65. As That was a rough Wednesday for myself. Maybe I'm just the only one that had it, but man, there were some rough beats for myself. This was one of them as Nebraska. This is a turnover battle, 18 to 16. Feels like they're starting to get a little bit exposed. And Elijah Hawkins did have four turnovers in this game for Minnesota, but 12 points, 11 assists. He was able to do a nice job shooting two of three from three point range. So you saw 
Minnesota be able to get the job done there. And then if you had this one, and I had Arizona State as well, fortunately I was able to get in at a two. I was able to get a push. I know that many of you guys were laying two and a half, and this is just brutal. Now, the way that you got there was very interesting as well, because SMU completely toiled pulls a 13-point lead midway through the second half, but Arizona State, on a closing line of two and a half, wins by two, 76-74. They are up five points with mere seconds remaining. They break a few free throws as Arizona State overall did go 32 of 43 at the free throw line. And something else that we're going to talk about is just what we've been noticing in terms of home court advantage and perhaps a little bit of fouling as well. That has been something that I've been noticing. Might need to throw that to Nick in segment number two. But Zarek Phillips at the buzzer has only made three. It was a very, very significant one to the spread as he had 24 points. And for Arizona State, to their credit, they win the turnover battle 15 to 8. But this is just a sloppy Joe's offense as he shot 36.5% from the floor. So that was a little bit rough. And then on Thursday, our DK Network write-up. At the time of publishing out there, I do apologize if you got in late, but the under it brings me to 19 and 14 on the write-ups for the season. 90 to 65. Iowa State just kicks a tar out of Iowa in this one. For Iowa, they just continue their home and road struggles with regards to their offense. They have failed to score less than 75 points at home since the beginning of the 2022-23 season. They put up just 65 in this one, and Iowa State just turned them over relentlessly. Iowa enters into this game averaging 8.9 turnovers per game, 19 in this one. As for Iowa State, they only turned the ball over 12 times, and for Iowa State, how about Kishan Gobert and Taman Lipsby combining for 12 assists, 12 rebounds, 7 steals. Gilbert carries away with 25 points, goes 3 of 3 from 3-point range. Iowa allows Iowa State to shoot 47% as a team from the outside. Just a very thorough beatdown there. You saw a thorough beatdown of IUPUI. who has been really rough against the spread. I don't think that that comes as a surprise to frankly, anyone at all, but for IUPUI, they're now 1-7 against the spread. Eastern Illinois takes them down 75-58, to so Operation Fade IUPUI is on like Donkey Kong once again, as for Eastern Illinois, they actually do lose a turnover battle 18-17, to but Cooper Jacoby, 15 points, 15 rebounds for an Eastern Illinois team that they're still somewhat sorry. I'm going to call it what it is, but we're seeing a little bit of a better effort out of them. A team that's giving you right now a good effort as well, that'd be the Bison of North Dakota State. They were able to take down Portland by a Kind of 78 to 74 for North Dakota State, 12 to 33 from three point range. And it's a team that all of a sudden has been able to come alive for North Dakota State. Now, back to back covers for them after they were having a little bit of a wobbly start to the season. You find that a lot with North Dakota State. And for Portland, to their credit, they only turned the ball over 10 times in this one. But North Dakota State, they were even better. Just five turnovers with Alex Morgan stepping up with 16 points, six rebounds. And then you did see a little bit of overtime delight in this one as well as you did see going to overtime UNC Green. Greensboro and Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky holds in there. They lose by kind of 87 to 85 in Eastern Kentucky team that last few years in general, they've been solid to the over as for Eastern Kentucky, they go 9 of 20 from 3, but here's what costed them, and you always want to note this with Eastern Kentucky. 12 of 21 at the free throw line. Turned out to be very, very significant in this one as the main man for UNC Greensboro, Donovan Atwell, was able to put in their 24 points, and Greensboro already has a win on their ledger against Arkansas, and then Central Arkansas 
as a home underdog. They get it done 75-71 to 71 against Little Rock outright on the money line. As for Central Arkansas, they were able to get Elias Cato back to the fold. He's really been their top scorer this year. He was out in the team's last game. And for Central Arkansas, they win the turnover battle by kind of 12-8. to 8. Central Arkansas has slowed things down a little bit, and it does seem to be working out for them. And if you're looking at the trends that we are seeing in college basketball thus far this season, it's been quite a bit of overs thus far this season. 719 overs, 675 unders with home underdogs. Overall, 158, 156, and 6 against the spread. But if you look at what we've got in the last seven days, home underdogs, they're starting to heat up a little bit more. 33 and 32 against the spread. Previous week, they were much hotter, but we're starting to see a few more unders coming as well. 144 unders to 140 overs with a push along the way in terms of totals. So that's what we're seeing in college basketball right now, and that's what we got from very lights late on Thursday. Short segment today just because of the lack of games. It's because we've got 100 million billion games are going to be going down on Saturday, and a man that is going to be taking a look at the lay of the land with these mid-majors, a lot of those teams that we are going to be seeing on Saturday. That would be our good friend, Nick Lawrence, and he joins me next to take a look at Lane of Land with regards to mid-major basketball and how many full home court has been thus far this season. That's up next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eason Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Fight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas with us, with myself, Craig Eames Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and it is always great to be joined by this man, Nick Lawrenson. He does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at this great game of college basketball. He is the main man over at Mid-Major Madness, and I know that he's doing tremendous work as a part of the Queens NC college basketball staff as well. So, always oh, nice to be able to get a little bit of a perspective from a man that's out there on the sidelines being able to see all this up close and in person. To be able to follow Nick on Twitter slash X, that is at the letter N, his last name Lawrenson, which is spelled L-O-R-E-N-S-E-N, and then the word sports all together. And Nick, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I always appreciate you having me on. I did listen to your podcast when I was heading to work yesterday. I always love listening to your input. I know a lot of people were really high on our under. We scored a lot of points. Tough second half. Tough second half for the boys. 0 for 14 from 3. Got to bounce off that. We have App State at home next week. That will be a really tough one. I don't know how I feel about that, but hopefully I can pull it out. But the basketball has been fun this week. The basketball has been fun this week. We're taping this on Wednesday. I know it's coming out later this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, ton of fun. Saturday, we have a lot of opportunities for mid-majors to pull off upsets against high majors again. It's the best time of the year. We're getting close to conference play. We had a little taste of it last week with the WAC, the Missouri Valley, the Horizon League. It's just great to be back. Oh, it is full steam ahead, and it has been tremendous to take a look at this great game that we all know and love. And I do have to ask you about this because you alluded to it. Your team, Queens NC, is going to be playing against Appalachian State in the next seven days or so. And we saw Appalachian State pull off a really nice upset at home against Auburn to lead off the weekend. Just how important is it with regards to home court advantage in college basketball? Because something that I've noticed in terms of a betting perspective is that these home underdogs, they have been cashing like wildfire the last two weeks. They started out a little bit cold, but it feels like as the season goes on, home court advantage, it just means more and more as the season goes along. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, at Queens, we're undefeated at home and we're winless on the road. So that's one way to look at it. App State, we saw this weekend, they beat Auburn. An SEC team came to their house. They were able to beat them. We've seen it the last two years with the SWAC and Pac-12. You look at that, Pac-12's consistently been a top eight league in the country. They have a team that's always on the one line, two line. And then you have the SWAC, who has a team that goes to Dayton, always struggles. And you get these games at a FAMU or Prairie View A&M or Texas Southern, and it's close, and these SWAC teams either win or they almost win. So home court advantage is really important. you got to look at it. you got to look at how far these teams are traveling. If it's a, say, 
inner city matchup. We're recording this on Wednesday. We have Belmont Lipscomb. That might not mean all that much as a, say, Duquesne. I'm watching right now Duquesne at Marshall, where Duquesne has to take a four-hour bus trip. Obviously, Duquesne's a much better team, and it makes a difference there. But if you have a double-digit line and you have a team that's going on the road and they're getting ready to head back and they've already headed all the way down there and they're not in their beds, there's a little bit of a difference there. you got heavier feet. You don't have as much of a feel of the basket. It makes a big impact. That's something that I've definitely seen a lot more this year. But it also depends on what time the game is. Say an 11 o'clock game, a 12 o'clock game. Well, it depends more on the personnel because we watched, say, Mercer, South Alabama. South Alabama just completely ran them out of the gym. But like Northern Kentucky over the weekend, they were at IUPUI. Sometimes it's better for the home team to have an earlier advantage. Obviously, it didn't show with Marshall, but... Sometimes it's better just wake up in your bed and you're right there and you roll out and you're at these games. It, it's all, it all depends on personnel, but home court advantage is definitely a real thing, especially when your team's travel. Yep, I do think that it is very real, and we have been seeing so much of that thus far this season. As Nick Lawrenson, he does absolutely tremendous work over at Mid-Major Madness, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Nick, it just feels like with regards to these mid-majors this year, it feels like we've got a lot of competitive ones now. We got a few teams that it feels like they're as low as low gets. I'm looking at you, Long Island, who just got completely dump trucked by Miami yesterday. You've got those teams like Mississippi Valley State. Sorry to call it Mississippi Valley State, but the likes of that, it does feel like you've got a few teams that are just absolutely brutal right now. But in terms of mid-majors, I feel like it really has been a good year for them. We were mentioning App State getting their win, and I take a look at teams like Princeton, Hofstra. These teams have been able to pull off some nice wins, and I've been thoroughly impressed by how the mid-majors have been showing thus far in the non-conference portion of the season. Oh, yeah, by far. I mean, like you mentioned, Greg, you have teams like Mississippi Valley State, Siena's been getting smoked, Buffalo's been getting smoked, but... At the top of the game, there's definitely some really, really strong teams at the top of the game. you got Colorado State, who's off a lot of people's radars coming into the season. But they have a couple Power 5 wins, a couple really impressive wins, including against Creighton on Thanksgiving. That's really boosted them up into being one of the top teams in the country. They're number 13 entering this week in the AP Top 25. So you got that. You have Florida Atlantic, who's got a lot of respect because when they aren't playing Big 12 ACC schools or whatever, they're dominating opponents. They had a really strong performance down there in Orlando, but they struggled against Illinois. It was close enough, but they're getting their respect because they know that's a good team. You have teams like Nevada, who's undefeated. James Madison, who's had an amazing start to the season. They went into Michigan State and beat them on opening night. They're continuously up there. Princeton's getting slept on, although they entered number eight in the initial net rankings earlier this week. They're getting slept on. They're 9-0, and and they're slept on, and they're beating some of the best mid-major teams in the country night in and night out, and just a different star every night, and they're coming back late. It's really impressive what they did. We have Drexel over the weekend, who Princeton just beat, but they beat Villanova. St. Joe's beat Villanova. There was a lot of parity in the Big Five for the first time in a long time where we saw them in major programs do something special. That Saturday at Wells Fargo Center was just a special day of hoops with the LaSalle buzzer beater, with St. Joe's winning it, with Drexel beating Villanova. Right to that, the triple overtime game, too. That was awesome triple overtime and then I mean you had to get back after there was a layup there that would have gave Penn the win with like 0.3 left and they did that crazy shot it was just so awesome but I think the Missouri Valley is one of the most slept on leagues in the country this year Indiana State I know you know Greg I know your listeners probably know their offense has been awesome the last year since Coach Schertz has entered and it's just really coming to fruition this year their only loss is to Alabama and they're 
smoking really, really good teams such as Southern Illinois, who just beat St. Louis last week by 40. Granted, it's a really down St. Louis team, but they beat them by 40. They beat Oklahoma State on Tuesday night in Carbondale. That's a really impressive win. You have Bradley, who won the SoCal Challenge. They've kind of come down to earth a little bit here, but they still have a really good team. You have Drake, who has Tucker DeVries, one of the best players in all of mid-major basketball. They're mowing along. I'm a big fan of Missouri State. Before they entered conference play, their only loss was to West Virginia, and it was close, and they kept it close throughout. So you have a really good Missouri Valley. You have a really good A-10. I don't know if I'm strong enough to say the a 10s a multi-bid league again, but they got a lot of really good teams in the league with Duquesne, Dayton, George Mason, Richmond, even VCU is four and four. They have an impressive squad, but they haven't been able to really put together the wins. They have Missouri on Wednesday. They have a bunch of power five wins in the league, but the teams just have been struggling with consistency. I think it's a much better A-10 than it has been the last couple of years. Missouri Valley is really strong this year. The top of mid-major basketball is really good. The bottom of it's really bad, but it shows what the transfer portal does because it has all this talent that comes into these programs. And hey, in the Ivy League too, they get all these strong freshmen that come in because they don't want to sit out behind these transfers who come into the Big 12 and Big 10 schools. They can get a nice education, can get good play, play against good teams, and everything comes straight. But it's been awesome for the top of mid-major basketball. The bottom's obviously had its struggles. I think this is the strongest it's been in a while. Yeah, it has been very strong. And for the Atlantic 10, I'm right there with you. I don't know if they're back to being a multi-bid league yet, but they've got a lot of teams that are going to be creeping right there in like the top 65, top 70. I do feel like they just need that one team to be able to elevate a little bit more. That's currently what they're missing. But all in all, it has been a relatively solid start for them as we do have Nick Lawrence who does absolutely tremendous work over at Mid-Major Madness. He's joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And I mean, we were alluding to this a little bit before with the Atlantic 10, but we do have one of those teams that is going to be in action on Friday. That'd be Duquesne playing against St. Peter's. And what do you make out of this Duquesne team? Because I do feel like I want to see a little bit more out of them. Thus far, it's been going quite well. They knock off a good Charleston team and they didn't catch Charleston at the right time. Charleston at the time, they were just going over for the century from three-point range. So a little bit opportunistic there. But other than really that loss to Princeton and Nebraska, this team has been quite flawless. And this is a Duquesne team that I don't know if they're going to be able to build a resume to be able to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. But playing against St. Peter's, I think that's going to be a nice test for them because I feel like Duquesne is one of those teams that, for lack of a better term, is a chameleon where if you want to play slow, they can beat you playing slow. And if you want to speed it up, they can speed up. Yeah, they can do it in so many ways. Keith Dambrot, one of the best coaches in the country. And if I were to say I'm a fan of any college basketball team in the country, it's Duquesne. My grandfather was admissions director there for about 40 years. My dad is an alumni. So I have a lot of ties to this university. I mean, Day Day Grant's been one of the best in the country. And outside of that Nebraska game and outside of that Princeton game, like Greg mentioned, I mean, they've been pretty flawless. They beat Cleveland State really close. Now Charleston's playing better basketball, but they caught them at the right time, like you said. And they beat UC Irvine last week, who the metrics love. They're a top 70 team in the country on Ken Palm and such. Really good team over there in Irvine. I think this is Duquesne's best team in a long time. I read the message boards every once in a while just to get some, get a little entertainment out of it. Their fan base thinks they could end the season with maybe five, seven losses. Now, that doesn't exactly mean an NCAA tournament bid because they really won't beat anyone in the non-conference because they lost to Nebraska. They lost to Princeton. They did beat some strong mid-major programs. Their only real chances left are against Bradley and Santa Clara. But this could be the best season for Duquesne basketball in a long time. They have a lot of rotating pieces. They have a pretty deep team. They have a lot of depth in that front court. It's so refreshing 
You see Keith Danbrot. Keith Danbrot's had some awesome teams there, but they have a team that could be competing for an NIT automatic bid, although I hate the NIT this year because there's not going to be mid-major teams. The only way I'm going to watch that tournament is with Duquesne making it, and I know it's going to happen. That would be absolutely excellent. And with Duquesne, hopefully they aren't going to the NIT. Hopefully they're going to the NCAA tournament. So that would be very nice to be able to see them be able to bust through and get in. And then another mid-major that I'm very intrigued by that will be in action on Friday is Oakland. Because with Oakland, they had their bust-out game against Xavier. Now, Xavier also lost to Delaware. That sort of tells you where the state of the Musketeers program is. But with Oakland, not only did they pull off that win against Xavier, but we saw them hold within single digits against Ohio State. Their effort where they lost by 11 to Illinois is looking better and better by the day. And for Oakland, it's not like they're some sort of a supreme defensive team, but they're a whole heck of a lot better than what they have been in the last few years. And I'm not sure what you make out of this Oakland team, but I feel like they're a little bit of a dark horse out there in the rise of the league. And they're a team that I'm just starting to become a little bit more bullish on as I watch them. Oh, they're so underrated. Greg Campy does an amazing job year in and year out. You watch those results early on. You kind of take a look. You know, the Horizon League had maybe four or five teams at the top, and you go, this league's going to be really strong. These teams are going to be really strong. And then you have Trey Townsend and Oakland kind of at the sixth spot, kind of like peeking in. But they proved this season that they're a contender for the top of this league. It's one of Greg Campy's best overall teams in a while. Now, if you can have them stay healthy, that's really the big deal there. But they only lost to Ohio State by six. They lost to Illinois by 11. They beat a good Bowling Green team by 19, and they kept it close with Drake. Then they went and beat Loyola Marymount, Marshall, Xavier, smoked a rival, Detroit Mercy. I mean, they have so many guys. Blake Lampman there, who's been an awesome guard for them this year, 11 points per game. He's shooting 40% from the field, so he can get that up a little bit. If he can get that up, that's really impressive. You also got Jack Olicki, who's 12.6 points, 4.6 rebounds per game. He's also struggling shooting. They just play really strong team basketball, and we saw it in that Xavier game because a lot of the team was in foul trouble. They were able to rally together, keep it close all the time. And when Xavier would punch them, punch them and take the lead, they'd have an answer. They'd be able to come back. Trey Townsend did a lot of stuff, 15.3.7.6 rebounds per game this year. He's one of the best big men in all mid-major basketball. You got Rocket Watts, who's kind of sneaking over there, 9.3 game. Can't believe he's still playing basketball. This is Greg Campy's best overall team in quite some time in Oakland. If he can keep them healthy – This team could be competing at the top of the Horizon League and make the NCAA tournament for the first time in a while. It's a really, really fun team to watch. I know they got smoked by Purdue-Fort Wayne this weekend, but it's early in conference play. They have a lot of time to grow. They have the rest of this month really before Horizon League play kicks into gear. That's another league. I know it hasn't exactly had the start that it's wanted, but it's going to be super fun at the top. And Oakland is just one of the handful of teams that's going to be able to contribute to that oh absolutely i am very much interested to see what we get out of the rising league being someone from the great state of wisconsin having two wisconsin teams in there it's always a league that i keep a lot of notes of as nick lawrence who does great work over at mid-major madness starting me right here on coast coast soups and nick do want to give you the floor here as we've talked about a few straight teams or just a few in general that you just take a look on twitter slash x you hear all the radio shows, what have you. Who's a team or two out there? It could be mid-major, it could be high-major, it could be low-major, that you just feel like they're not getting the love that they deserve right now. One's definitely Princeton. They're getting a little bit of love, and it's starting to pick up a little bit with the net rankings and all that. They should have been ranked for a long time. They have a really good squad. And you got to think, they lost Tozan of Wawon, who's been one of the best big men in mid-major basketball for quite a while. They've had players in the wings for a while. It's the same players, and they just take a step up They play really strong basketball. They beat a whole bunch of strong mid-majors. This should have been talked about more on opening night 
They beat Rutgers in front of pretty much a capacity Rutgers crowd at a neutral site. That doesn't happen. Xavier Lee, I've been on him for a while. An amazing guard. He's going to be a future NBA talent. I know some people are kind of touting him, maybe come out this year. I think that would not be smart because obviously you have an Ivy League education right there in front of you. But I think that Princeton team's awesome. I've been really high on UNCW all offseason. We've talked about it multiple times, Greg. They were able to pick up that big win this weekend against Kentucky, one of the mid-major teams who pulled off a big win this weekend. So it's been awesome to see that, that defensive style that Takeo Siddle plays. They were also able to punch back to everything that Kentucky gave them this weekend. I really like George Mason. They've had all these transfer pieces come in. I was really high on them in the offseason. But those pieces are starting to mold. They're 7-1 to begin the season. Their only loss was a Charlotte in a tournament down in Florida, I believe. They're coming off a win against a good Toledo team who's just struggled to close out games, but they're still a really good Toledo team. George Mason's not getting the love. They're not in many of these top 25 polls. They did get smoked by Tennessee, but they beat ECU. They beat South Dakota State. They beat Cornell, who's either 7-1 or 8-1 in the Ivy League, and their only loss, obviously, to George Mason. And They had the super long winning streak against non-Big Ten and ACC opponents in the non-conference. Those are three teams. I feel like Princeton should be ranked this week. George Mason should be ranked in everyone's mid-major top 25. So they're 7-1, or 7-2 and two now. They have a great squad. Their only really challenge left in non-conference is Tulane on the Friday before Christmas. So they have a good chance to go either 11-2 and two or 10-3 and three in non-conference. Those two and UNCW, who I've been really high on all offseason, are definitely teams that should be getting people's eyes. Oh, absolutely. The Carolinas in general have been putting together some nice basketball. Going into the Clemson versus South Carolina game, both of those teams were 7-0. UNC Wilmington starting out hot. UNC Greensboro going on the road, knocking off Arkansas. So you've got a lot of teams out there in the Carolinas that are doing great work. And Nick, I know you're out there in that neck of the woods. You're doing amazing work over at Queens NC along with Mid-Major Madness. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you. I know people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, just follow along at Mid-Madness on Twitter, talking college hoops whenever I'm not working up there with Queens and my personal account and Lawrence and Sports. But I'm excited for the rest of this month for Queens basketball. I mean, we have App State next week. We have a non-D1 on Friday, but we have App State next week. We end the month with Clemson and Duke, and I'm a South Carolina Gamecock. We're recording this on Wednesday. They have a big game against Clemson trying to stay undefeated. So there's nothing more I would love than to pull off some crazy Cinderella story and beat one of those two teams. I hope it happens. But it's a fun month of basketball. We're entering the home stretch of non-conference play here. As crazy as it sounds, we're about, what, four or five weeks into it. We have about two, three weeks left. But I'm just so excited to continue watching college basketball for these next three months. We all love it. We all know it. There's nothing like it. Oh, there is nothing like it. It is the best sport out there, in my opinion. So many opportunities to watch great action night in, night out. And on top of that, you absolutely get a lot of betting opportunities for my side of things as well. Nick does an absolutely excellent job over there at Queens, along with Mid-Major Madness, and always lends great insights. A big thanks to Nick for joining me on Cuscus Seeps, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this College Basketball Friday as we hit some bank shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by Nick Lawrenson. He does absolutely amazing work over at Mid-Major Madness, taking a look at this great game of basketball. We've been seeing a lot of mid-majors coming to the forefront, having themselves some terrific seasons. He has an up-close and personal view of it with being over there at Queens NC, going to all these games, being on the sidelines, and one tremendous insight. So, big thanks to Nick for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Friday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash X feed at unitarnersquarty1. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with really the games outside of the NEC, the Patriot League, and the uh, Northeastern Conference, the America East. Those are going to be the games at the bottom, and then the major conferences, those are going to be up top. It's a little bit confusing, but we've got a small slate in total, so we go big conferences first, then the little conferences. So let's get things started with 883, 884 on the betting board. It is St. Peter's. They have the road to face off against Duquesne. Duquesne, a 13 and a half to a 14 point favorite, and your totals between 128 and 129 and a half. I did set Duquesne as a 13 point favorite. I am going to be willing to take the points. It has been a little bit of a, shall we say, suspect team in the old Peacocks. The biggest thing with them is that they just foul a little bit too much. This team, in terms of fouls on a per-possession basis, they're currently in the top 20 in all of college basketball, fouling on well north of 30% of their possessions. But I do think that St. Peter's is going to be able to hold in this game because they do a relatively solid job on the glass. This team, in terms of percentage of missed shots that they grab as an offensive rebound on the road, is in the top 30 in all of college basketball. They have been missing a few pieces as they've been without Corey Washington for multiple games, but looks like he should be back in the full. He was back in their last game against Canisius. He had multiple blocks and just as really a stat sheet suffer. A guy that, when he was fully healthy last year, had about seven points in the neighborhood, about five rebounds, had a block per contest. So I do like what he's able to bring to the table. This is a suspect three-point shooting team, but you've had a pair of guys be able to shoot north of 40% from three-point range. The Richmond transfer and Marcus Randolph, along with Armani Ziegler. Both of these guys have been able to give you a combined 12.5 points per contest. And then the real guy that has been able to step up for this team is old Michael Hoagie, who's been able to log 12.5 points per game, 6.5 boards. He's really been able to come in as a 91 transfer and be able to give this team a little bit of life. Meanwhile, with this Duquesne team, they are now outside the top 100 in terms of points slot on a per-possession basis, and the biggest reason why I feel is that they don't necessarily have amazing rebounding. You've got Fusani Drame, who's been able to give you about 7 rebounds down low, but he's the only guy that is currently giving you 5-plus rebounds per game. You do have the uh, Georgia Southern transfer, Andre Savrasov, who's been able to step up. He's a 6'7", a little bit of a do-it-all player that's been shooting about 43.5% from 3-point range. Gives you a steal, gives you about 8.5 points per game. He sees ago go. Well, I was over at Georgia Southern 
other, he was their main man with about 14 and a half points per game. But for Duquesne, the team does very much rely upon the perimeter. They are shooting about 36.5% from three-point range. Their perimeter defense is a little bit better than that of their actual interior defense as well. You do have a pair of guys in the backcourt and Jimmy Clark along Day Day Grant will be able to do a nice job with a combined 36 points per game. Grant has been more of the guy that plays off the ball while Clark is giving out four assists per game. He does give out three turnovers per contest, but they do a relatively solid job of hunkering down there. And the big fear that you do have with St. Peter's is the turnovers with this team. As for St. Peter's, they're logging about 15 and a half turnovers per game. And when you're in the bottom 30, in terms of total possessions per game, that does cause for some issues. But this is a St. Peter's defense that even though it's not like amazing or anything like that, they do a relatively solid job of being able to hold up. They do have some good versatility. Guys are able to guard multiple positions. And I do think that that's going to keep them lively in this game. I do think that this total is set just a little bit too low with the way that St. Peter's is able to grab those second and third chances. And if you take a look at St. Peter's in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis, they're right around about 100 through Kane. They're more in that neighborhood about 130. So I do think that you could get some scoring in this one. Did semi total 131. So looking at the over end and north of 13, going to be willing to take the points with the Peacocks. 885, 886 on the betting board. It is Oakland. And Oakland is on the road facing off against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan, a 5.0 underdog. Your total is between 140 and a half and 141 and a half. I did set my total at a 144.5. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Oakland has been slowing down their tempo a little bit, and they're certainly better on defense than they were a season ago. A season ago, this was one of the most ghastly defenses in all of college basketball, but I mean, 223rd in the country turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. This isn't amazing. I will say this about Oakland as well. They are giving up 4.2 points fewer per one arm possessions when they're on the road rather than when they are at home, but they face off against an Eastern Michigan team that's currently 338th in the country turns points a lot on a per-possession basis, and I think that that is going to be doomsday for Eastern Michigan. I did set Oakland as an 8.5 point favorite because I don't think that for Eastern Michigan, a team that doesn't have a single guy that is logging north of 5 rebounds per game, that they're going to be able to match up with Trey Townsend. Townsend is a six foot seven, little bit of a do-it-all player for Oakland. 15.7.5 boards. He's been able to shoot 44% from 3 par range, so highly efficient there. Now, never really been a Rocket Watts guy, but for Eastern Michigan, it's not like they've got a lot in the backcourt themselves. They have been able to get about 3.5 assists, 4.5 boards per game out of Julius Ellerby. He's come in from the non-division one level and he's done the little things because he only logs about four points per game but that said he's a part of a bunch that they just don't really play too efficiently. They do turn the ball over about 12 and a half times for contest. They shoot 64 and a half percent at the free throw line. It's just really been Ty Acuff carrying the team on offense and everyone else trying to contribute something. Acuff has been able to give the team 22.8 points per game. They logged 67.4 points per game. So he's had to put the team on his back, shooting about 36.5% from three-point range now. You've gotten 56% three-point shooting out of Yusef Jihad. That has actually been an interesting development for the team, but just need a little bit more out of John McGriff. I remember when he was over at Binghamton, he was a relatively solid scorer, shooting about 39% from three. He logged two seasons ago, 11 points per game last year, more like six points per contest, and he's only giving you five points per game, but Eastern Michigan really having nothing down low, I think is going to be costly. Not that Oakland is necessarily the most rambunctious team down low, but along Townsend, you get Isaiah Jones, who's a six foot seven do it all player that gives you about five and a half or so rebounds per game. He's been shooting about 33% from three point range at six foot seven. You're able to couple that with the double figure scoring of Chris Conway, who's been able to do a nice job 10 and a half points, three and a half boards, doesn't shoot threes, but at six foot nine, he does a relatively solid job as well. And with Eastern Michigan, they have just been getting torched night in and night out on the defensive side of things for Eastern Michigan. 
They will also have their own opportunities to score. You do have an Oakland team that has given up at least 69 points in four of their last five games. So I do think that this total is just a little bit too low. Oakland is playing a bit slower, but it's not like they're playing at a sales pace by any stretch of the imagination. So I did sell my total at a 144.5. Looking at the overhead with Oakland, willing to lay up to eight points with them. And we do have my DK Network right up. Pick this is 887-888. It is UIC, Illinois, Chicago. They hit the road the facing off against Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, a one to one and a half point favorite. Your total is anywhere between 128 and a half and 129. And I did say UIC is a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be riding with them outright on the money line, but my DK Network right up pick is actually going to be on the over. I did set my total at 135 and a half. And because I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of a nip and tuck game, what I think provides a little bit more protection for this over, as well as the fact that you could get some late game fouling if you get overtime terrific. You can never handicap overtime in a game, obviously, but. I do think that there's going to be massive regression here for a UIC defense that currently ranks 24th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But if you look at the way that they are doing it, I don't think that's necessarily too sustainable because right now opponents are shooting 23.2% from three-point range against UIC. That is just not a number that I see uh, continuing. If you take a look at the last full season in which a team allowed just opponents to shoot less than 26.4% from three-point range. You have to go back to the 2004-05 season with Norfolk State. So I do think that you're going to see some big-time regression there. You do have a UIC team that they themselves actually do a really nice job of throwing the ball in the basket as well. On the road, they are shooting 55.8% from two-point range. That is in the top 35 in all of college basketball. They are going up against a Jacksonville State team that they themselves are a top 100 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But I do think that UIC it's going to be all bust through a little bit with their offense. Love what Isaiah Rivera has been able to bring to this UIC team. He's currently shooting 51% from three-point range. I will see a little bit of fall off, but he's been able to give the team 13-plus points in four out of the team's last five games. You've got a UIC team that they do an okay job of generating turnovers. It's not great. It's not terrible in Jacksonville State. They're in the top 50 in terms of turnovers force on a per-possession basis, and they've got a main headline scorer in their own in Kai Kai Tandy, who comes over from Xavier. 18 points per contest, shooting about 35% from three. North of 93% at the free throw line, but what has really been the driving force for Jacksonville State on offense has been second chances. This team is grabbing an offensive rebound on north of 41% of their missed shots as far this season. That is ranked 21st in all of college basketball. Juwan Purdue, Marcellus Brigham Jr., both of these guys have been able to log about 11.5 rebounds per game. And UIC isn't horrible on the glass. You've got Toby Okani who's been able to give you 8.5 rebounds per game, but this is far from a stout team on the glass as Okani is the only guy in the roster that's giving you north of 4.1 one rebounds per game. Philip so Baje, he's the only other guy that's really giving you north of four rebounds per game. So I do think that those second chances are going to be there for Jacksonville State. I do think that UIC is going to start to really have their issues with regards to guarding the three-point arc. While they themselves shoot about 36.5% from three-point range, I foresee a little bit of a nip-and-tuck game. It is a Jacksonville State team that does rank at the bottom 50 in terms of total possessions per game, but UIC, a little bit more of a mid-tempo team. that I see a little regression coming with their three-point shooting defense, but I think that they exploit Jacksonville State enough to be able to get the job done here. So my DK Network write-up pick is going to be on this over, and with regards to UIC, did set them as a favorite. So we're going to UIC outright on the money line, and my write-up pick, that is going to be on the over. Now we get the extra games. The normal betting board picks are complete, but there are some extra games today, so we go into the bonus. 
306-573-306-574. Manhattan is playing us a Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson hopes to be fairly priced as they find themselves as an underdog of two to two and a half points. Totals 151 to 151F. Gonna be one delayed here with Manhattan. I said Manhattan is a three-point favorite. I think that these two teams are pretty equal on a neutral court. Do have a Fairly Dickinson team that has been pretty tremendous on offense, but you take a look at the defense. It's been pretty tremendously awful. 311th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And this is a fairly Dickinson team that they're looking to bump up the tempo. How about 23rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game? This is year number one for John Gallagher over here at Manhattan. And they're about 115th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. So they're a little bit faster, but it's not like they're playing at any sort of a breakneck pace. But with this Manhattan team, what I like is the newcomers for this team. More specifically, Sidu Traore. He's been able to do a nice job with 12 points, 8.5 boards, 2 assists per contest. He's able to throw in there about 2.5 steals per game as well. So I absolutely love what he's been able to bring to the table. You, on top of that, have been able to get some good facilitation out of the St. Bonaventure transfer as you've been able to have right in the neighborhood about 3 assists per contest, 10 points, 5 boards out of Brent Ruppel as well as been able to shoot in the mid-30s from 3-point range for Manhattan. They do need to cut down on the 14 and after turnovers per game, but they do generate 8 steals per game. Going up against a fairly Dickinson team that because they do play so fast, they do turn the ball for about 13 and a half times per game as well. And You have a lot of guys that have been able to give you north of 5 rebounds per game for fairly Dickinson. Ansley, Almoner, along with Sean Moore, have been able to combine for about 13 rebounds, 27 points per game, but you really don't have any size with this team, and I feel like you need a bit more out of Hero Blagen as well. Last year, he was logging about 7.5 points, really looked like he was going to be able to rise up. A bit of a transfer that began his career over at Longwood has seen a bit of regression this far this season. I know they've had Joe Munden Jr. a little bit in and out of the fold as well. Looks like he should be good to go in this one. He was able to play in the last game, came back and scored 19 points, so I'm thinking that he's all good to go in this one, but with this Manhattan team, I think because they do have a little bit more size, because they have been able to have someone like a Jaden Watson step up, give this team three assists per game as a primary ball handler, I think that that's going to bode very well for them, and it is a fairly Dickinson team that they just have been all over the place with their defense, giving up 80 plus points in four of their last five games. Meanwhile, you've got a Manhattan squad that has given up less than 70 points, or approximately 70 points, in three of their last five games in regulation. So it is a situation of something's got to give. Did something like 155. Fairly Dickinson, they're playing at a breakneck pace. Got a Manhattan team that it feels like they're getting a little bit more comfortable with their offense, so I'm going to be willing to go in on the over, and with Manhattan, willing to lay it to two and a half with them. 306-575, 306-576. It is Ryder, and they play us to Stone Hill. Stone Hill is an underdog of seven and a half to eight points. Total on this game is anywhere between 147 and 149 and with Stone Hill. I did set them as a underdog of seven and a half points, so eight is the absolute minimum buy point on Stone Hill, but I am going to be willing to take it. For Ryder, they are going to have the best player in this game, and that would be Mr. Mervyn James. He's been logging 19 points, 7.5 boards, 6'7 combo player that has been able to shoot threes throughout his career. It's never really been great, though, as he only shoots about 30% from the outside, but when it comes to this Stone Hill bunch, you've got Max Zigorowski, who's got nice versatility with 12 points, 4.3 rebounds per game, but he and Pino Paula Divas are the only two guys on the roster giving you north of 3.4 rebounds per game. That is really the biggest issue that you've got with Stone Hill, but fortunately for Stone Hill, they are going up against a Ryder team that really doesn't have a lot of size, and Tony Felder comes in from VMI, has been able to do a solid job doling it out, 3.5 assists, so 1.7 turnovers per contest, shooting 37.5% from 3-point range. Stone Hill has shown some signs of life with their offense, they do need to cut down on the 13.5 turnovers per game, and their team that's looking to get rambunctious or looking to 
to play up-tempo. They're a top 80 team in terms of total possessions per game. Meanwhile, you have a rider bunch that they do play a little bit more slowly. We have seen them bump down their tempo in recent years. They're more around about 200th in the country in terms of total possessions per game, so not quite as slow as they were last year, but in comparison to past years, they are a little bit more lower tempo, but I do think that with Sono, they're going to be able to hold in this game just because with this rider team, you just were expecting a little bit more out of someone like a Tariq Ingram, who's only been able to give you six half points, six half boards per contest. TJ Weeks, who was always a career about nine to ten point per game score at UMass, he's not been able to ascend, shooting 25% from three and rider as a whole. They're shooting 23.5% from the outside, and they themselves turn the ball over about 13 and a half times per game. They have a little bit of an edge on the glass, but it's not big enough to really offset the fact that Sono has been a little bit more efficient with Felder running the show. So here at an eight, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Sono. And I did sell my total at 143 and a half. Riders really having a tough time throwing the ball in the basket. It's not like Sono has necessarily been the modicum of great offense, scoring 69 points or fewer in three out of their last four games. And for Ryder, they have broken 65 points twice as far this season. So going to be diving in on the under. We'll take eight or more with Stone Hill. 36577, 36578. Boston College plays this Holy Cross. Holy Cross, a 21 half to a 22.5 point underdog. And your total between 139.5 and 140.5. And with Boston College, I did set them as a 22 point favorite. Not willing to lay anything more than the 21 half that I'm seeing right now. And this did open up at 20.5, but still would rather lay 21.5 rather than take 22.5. And I fully recognize that this Holy Cross team was able to pull off a nice upset a little bit earlier in the season. They go to Georgetown and they get a win there. That Georgetown team is right now in some dire straits, though, and I do think that Ed Cooley is going to be able to build them back up, but right now it's a little bit rough, and what I think is really going to be tough for Holy Cross, they just have no sides down low. Last year, Jarrell Gates was so tremendous down low, and right now you've got one guy that's logging north of five rebounds per game, and that'd be six foot four Joe Octave, who's been a do-it-all guy for the team. 16 points, six half boards on 40% three-point shooting, so he's been able to do a nice job on that front. You've got Luth M. Koulibaly, who's been able to give you about four rebounds per game, but his cardio has been just lackluster. He's only been able to play 15 minutes per game. I'm sure that they would like to get him more minutes, but they just aren't able to at this point. It's a late cross team that doesn't have the world's most inefficient offense. They turn the ball over about 12 times per game, so there's a little bit of upside there, but there's just nobody on the scene that's able to guard Quentin Post. Quentin Post is a true seven-footer. That's giving you 20 points, eight and a half boards, two and a half assists on 48 and a half percent three-point shooting. The guy has been absolutely masterful all season long. He's had one game where he has logged fewer than 13 points. He's gotten to double figures in every one of them. He's had a combined six blocks in the last three games as well, so it has been incredibly impressive what he has been able to do. Now, you did need a little bit of help from his friends, as Jaden Zachary, two years ago. This guy was about a 48 8% three-point shooter. He's now a 26% three-point shooter, but he's doled out the ball really well. Five assists, two and a half steals per contest. Boston College really doesn't get loose with it as they're only turning the ball over about 10 and a half times per game. And Boston College, they're not like playing at some sort of an insane speed or anything like that, but they've sped it up a little bit more. They're more around 173rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Got a Holy Cross team that they're looking to play at super slow sales-like speed at two, 332nd in the country in terms of total possessions per game, but the real kryptonite for Holy Cross is just because they play slow doesn't mean that they play good defense, and in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis, 351st, and when you're playing that slowly, that's just a really bad combination. I did semi-total at 136. I just don't think that you get enough possessions to be able to get this one over, and Boston College, they are very much used to playing some slower tempo games, so going to be looking at the under, and with Boston College wanting to lay up to 21 and a half with them. 306579, 306580. Quinnipiac plays those to Navy, and Navy is an underdog of 4.5 points. 
obviously your total on this game any between 138 and a half and 140 and with Navy I did set them as an underdog of six points I'm going to be willing to lay it with Quidipiac now Navy has actually been playing some really good defense the problem is for Navy you just have absolutely no offense whatsoever to speak of for the team as Navy in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis thus far this season is 25th in the nation, but also with their offense, 326th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Awesome Ben Genie has been able to do a solid job, giving you 13 points per contest, but he only shoots 20% from three-point range, and a Navy team that last year was actually pretty good from three-point range. They are shooting 24.5% from three-point range, and the biggest reason why is that you lose pretty much each of your top five scores from season ago. Austin Inge is the only guy returning from season ago that logged more than five points per contest, and he's not really been able to elevate off of that this year. He's only giving you about six and a half points per contest. Wasn't great from three last year. Hasn't been thus far this season. Now, I will say, Navy is doing a good job of being able to rebound by committee. You've been able to get about four rebounds per game out of Mike Woods. Your main guy down low has been Donovan Draper with about seven and a half boards, nine and a half points per game, so he is draping the glass, but man, for the Navy team, right now you got essentially two players that are seeing consistent minutes that are shooting above 25% from three-point range, so that's a big, giant issue on for Quinnipiac. I do think that they might lose the battle on the glass a little bit, but you've got good versatility down low, as right now you've got six different guys that are giving you at least four and a half rebounds per game. Paul Otinho, along with Amari Tice, have been able to combine for about 21 points, 11 boards, and Tice is shooting about 38.5% from three-point range. You've got the best sharpshooter in this game, and Matt Blanich, 17 points, four and a half boards, shooting 40% from the outside. It is a Quinnipiac team that they do turn the ball for 13 times per game, and Navy does an okay job of being able to generate turnovers, but the big question with Navy is, are they going to be able to bust through with their offense? They were able to get past the 75-point plateau in each other last two games after scoring 67 or fewer in the first five games of the season, but that game that they scored 77 in overtime against George Washington on, they had scored 65 points in regulation as well, so I feel like we do need to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt for this Quinnipiac bunch. Certainly, the defense has been a little bit over the place, but they've now given up 70 points or fewer in three out of their last five games, so they've come a little bit to the forefront there. I do think that Navy is going to be able to get their style of sloppy, just gross, but I do think that for Quinnipiac, especially with having Richie Springs, the UConn transfer down low, they are going to be able to win that battle, and that allows them to win a low-scoring slog of a game. I did set Quinnipiac as a favorite of six points. I'm going to be one to lay the four and a half. Did set my total at 135 as well. I just don't think that Navy does their part with this total. So, looking under, and going to be one to lay it with Quinnipiac. 306-581, Harvard plays those to Army, and Army is a 13.5 point underdog with a total between 132.5 and 133.5. I did set Harvard as a 16.5 point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay this number, and the biggest reason why is I was talking about their counterparts in Navy being rough on offense. Army is an even less efficient offense, 349th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They made a little bit of an off-season coaching move, which I really don't know why they made an off-season coaching move, but they made an off-season coaching move and just really not paying off for the team. As you got an Army bunch that has Josh Scovins, who's been able to give you 10.5 points per game. Really, the only player that gave you production last year that's back is Charlie Peterson. Great name. He's been able to give you about 5.5 points, 5.5 boards per contest. So I like what he's been able to bring to the table, but it's an Army team that's turned the ball for 13.5 times per game because they have so many moving parts, because they don't have a true point guard. They have to play at a super slow pace and just not paying off for them right now. 
now. Meanwhile, for Harvard, last year this was a pretty ghastly team on offense, but they've been able to do a much better job this year with having the Mack truck come in. How about Malik Mack and what he's been able to provide with 20.5 points, 4 boards, 4.5 assists on 48% three-point shooting. Just been absolutely masterful for this team. And then you have a couple of that with the fact that you do have some nice rebounders down low as three out of your top five scores for this Harvard team. Have been able to give you at least five and a half rebounds per game. Chisa Mokpara, 17 points, right around six boards. He's been able to give you some versatility, shooting about 38.5% from three-point range. Justice Ojobar, he's a little bit more of your true rim protector with three blocks, seven and a half boards, eight and a half points per game. And then you've been able to get in that neighborhood about nine points, six boards out of Chandler Peaky as well. He's been able to do a nice job with his versatility as well. Now, with Ojobar, he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, so you do want to be mindful of that. But it's sounding like he has a chance to be able to go in this one. I'm sort of thinking that he goes, but he's not necessarily going to be under percent to miss the last two games against American along with Loyal Chicago. But even without him in the fold, it's an Army team that's not going to be a matchup down low. It's an Army team that they really don't light it up with regards to their three-point shooting as well. And with Army, when you have that porous of an offense, you better be stout with their defense. And it's not like they're the worst team in the country on defense, but they're about 132nd in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. I will give Army this. We're actually giving up three points fewer per 100 possessions when they're on the road rather than when they are at home. But I do think that for Army, they're just not going to be able to do their part with this total line, even though I think that the defense is going to be fine against a Harvard team that I think is shooting a little bit better than what we expect, 37.5% from three. I think that that's going to fall off a little bit. But even with the fall off, I just don't think that Army provides their part with this total line. I think that Harvard is going to be able to get it done in this spot against an Army team that has yet to break the 70-point plateau against a D1 foe. So I did set my total at 130.5, diving in on the under, and did set Harvard as a 16.5 point favorite. Going to be one late and wrap things up with 306583, 306.584. My point hopes to not be a low point. They play us in North Carolina A&T, and A&T is a underdog of 21 to 21.5 points. Totals between 161 and 161.5. I did set my total more around a 157.5, so I'm going to be going in on the under. Now, North Carolina A&T, boy, this defense is rough. Out of 362 Division One teams, they are 362nd in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. Very interestingly, they're actually giving up fewer points per possession when they're on the road rather than when they are at home. A big reason why they've been so rough with their defense. They just have absolutely no rebounding whatsoever. The 4.3 rebounds per game of Jeremy Robinson is right now leading the way for this team. That's not necessarily too great. Now, you do have Landon Glasper, who's been a nice shoot-all scorer for this team. He's been able to shoot about 30% from three-point range, shipping in there about 18.5 points per game. And it is an A&T team that they do a nice job taking care of the ball on offense. Only about 9.7 turnovers per game, but they shoot less than 39% from the floor as well. Meanwhile, high point, they should be able to plow on the glass. Been able to get six half rebounds per game out of Jocelyn. Bodu Bodu, that's a very interesting name, along with having Kamani Hamilton, the transfer from Mississippi State, come in and do an absolutely masterful job down low. A little bit over a steal, 14 points, 7.5 boards per game, and it is a high-point team that they're cooking from the outside. They're able to shoot 38% from three-point range. I do think that A&T has gotten a little bit unlucky with their opponent's three-point shooting, I mean, opponents are shooting well above 40% from distance, I mean, they're a bad defense in terms of opponent's three-point shooting. They're not that bad, in my opinion, so I do think that that should be kicking up a little bit, though. I do think that this high-point team is a pretty real-deal team. They're currently 15th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Abdullah Thiam has been able to give you about 13.5 points per contest. He's been able to shoot in the neighborhood about 41% from three-point range for high-point. Last year, they were a top 
30 team in terms of total possessions per game. They've really been trying to dial it back just a little bit. Not that this team is playing at a sales pace or anything like that, but with high point, they're a little bit more of a controlled offense. They're more around 140th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And for North Carolina A&T, they're more around about 100th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. So you're going to get a little bit more of an up-tempo game, but I don't think that you're going to get anything at a breakneck pace. Duke Miles has been able to do a solid job being able to give the team four and a half assists, shooting 37% for three and leading the way with 19 points per game. But I do feel like A&T has started to find a little bit more recently, especially with their offense. They've been able to get to at least 73 points in three of their last four games. They've had a rough schedule to start out with having to play against Virginia, having to play against Sanford. I do think that things are going to get a little bit more rosy. And you do have a high point team that they've risen up a little bit more with their defense as well. 73 points for fear of surrender in three out of their last four games. So it is a spot where I think we've gone a little bit too high with this total. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression when it comes to this high point offense. So this is a circumstance where I did set my total at 157.5. I'm going to be willing to dive in on the under. And with high point, made them a 17.5 point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to take the points. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind letters EM. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Also, big thanks to Nick Lawrence and does tremendous work over at Mid Major Madness. Join me in the last segment as well. And I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.